God, you heal our brokenness and our broken spirits, and thank you for that. God, we come before you today and invite you in to do your work. Praise you, O King. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have to, uh, I have to say that I am blessed. I'm blessed. Uh, I'm blessed. <laughs> I, it is such a wonderful opportunity for me to worship with thank you, Sharon, and thank you, team, to be able to worship with you all and know that um, as I have other things to attend to, that you can do an amazing job and that God is, is absolutely working through that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so blessed to sing with you all in the congregation as well. Um, it, is God's, it is God's breath that gives us life and is our next breath. Um, he provides it for us. <clears throat> I had, I had to say that part to start out with. I, I want to also let you know that I, I'm Greg, and I'm on staff here at Faith Covenant Church. If you're visiting us, uh, maybe for the first time or um, maybe second time, whatever uh, the visitor, how many, how, however many times you may have visited us, if you'd like to fill out one of these Connect cards um, and take it to either someone that you see up here, myself, or anybody on stage, or there should be somebody out uh, manning the welcome station today, we'd love to give you a free gift and, and a cup of coffee and, and uh, say thank you for coming. Um, and uh, and I, I have to say, I don't, I don't know how many people had a chance to be here last week, but I have to recap just a little bit. We did a family fifth Sunday last week, and it was amazing to see. We, we, I don't know if we can pride ourselves on something, but I think we try to pride ourselves on intergenerational worship and, and loving that we have um, kids and adults and uh, our seniors together as well, and we all worship together, and we can, um, we can enjoy some of the same music and, and participate in the same activity. It's just wonderful that we do that. And last week, we had, um, we had little kids that were up here singing. We had some of our seniors up here singing. We had, um, we had things... Uh, that happened all, all around that were intergenerational. It was just a, a fabulous, fabulous Sunday. And, and it happened to be um, a, a Sunday where they got to share about their, some of the kids shared about their experiences on the, the chick trip that they took. And what a wonder, I, I, I was thinking, so next week I have to share. And I was thinking to myself, now um, I get to share, I should have said. And I thought, so I, I, I'm going to be, they're going to embarrass me because they're so good. All those kids that came up and shared, they did a great job last week, and it was wonderful. Um, so whatever you get this morning, it has to be from God, and, uh, and, and <clears throat> it will be uh, something that I've prepared for, but it is, it's God who delivers the word to us. Um, how do you view God? I want to come talk about this just a little bit. How do you, what, when I say God, most of us have some vision that comes to mind, something that we think of, um, and, and if you don't, after today, you probably will. Maybe that's not a great thing, but um, we're going we're gonna to look at some of those that some, some people view God in these ways, and maybe you have in the past, or maybe you do currently, and I just want to talk about a few of those. When, when you when I say God, what comes to mind? Maybe for you, it's the, uh, the, the, the grandpa dad kind of God, you know, that, that um, he's the happy all the time. Oh, he's so cute. And, and, uh, and, and maybe it's that, maybe that's what you picture um, as, as the God that, that you know. Um, maybe it's the, uh, the, the Moses long beard God, the Moses long beard God. <clears throat> 
I know we have a picture of it. Yeah, that's, that's the one. That, uh, yeah, that, maybe that's what you picture. Maybe, maybe it, it, that you get a chance to see the scowling, scolding God, and, and that's, um, that's how some people picture our, our God, uh, you know, going to zap us right there. Um, Maybe, maybe it's the buddy Jesus. I don't know if you've seen the buddy Jesus before, but um, maybe, maybe he's just there to be our buddy. Maybe that's your picture of God. And, and uh, I don't know, maybe it's that ethereal haze that is just kind of the talking cloud, whatever, whatever that might be. Um, we all have pictures of God. If, if people see God as the daddy, uh, the happy grandpa God, the first picture that we showed, um, if people see him as that, they might think of God as this kind of spiritual genie where you rub the lamp and you get your wishes and he's always happy and ho, 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 you know, kind of. That, that, may, that may be how people view him in that, in that respect. Um, and, it, and if people, people who see God as the long beard uh, Moses kind of, of God um, might think of God as, as setting the world spinning and then just kind of letting it go and watching it. That might be how, uh, how people view him. The scolding, scowling God, um, if, if people view him like that, they might think of God as he's always mad at us or waiting to do something, waiting for us to slip up so he can zap us. Um, by the way, I don't think that, that's how God is, but um, maybe that's how some people picture him. Also, uh, the, the buddy Jesus, who might think of uh, people who think of the buddy Jesus, uh, maybe it's just, hey, pal, and it's not really giving God the reverence that he, he might deserve, and it's just, we're here to have a great time, and, and, and it's just, we're going to move and have fun together, Woohoo! this is, come party with me, kind of an idea. Um, maybe that's how people that you've seen, or that maybe even you have viewed God in the past, uh, the ethereal talking haze. Uh, if people view him that way, you might have been watching a little too much Star Trek. I don't know. Um, but that, that, that can, because we're trying to say, well, he's spirit, and, and we don't know what that means necessarily, and I want to go into that just a little bit. More than likely, we're all in for a big surprise when we get to meet God, meaning that I think all of our visions of what he looks like, there might be pieces of that that will be there but I think we're in, a bit, in for a big surprise. And hopefully, some or all of how we view God and what we think of God comes from Scripture because the Bible really is the best source and maybe the only source for us um, to see about who God is. I think he's also seen in nature and science, um, but I think the Bible is, is that important place for us to go to and weigh everything against the most important place. If you would, uh, we're going to look at Ephesians and see what the Bible says about, um, about God in that respect. So if you would open your Bibles uh, to Ephesians, or it's going to be on the screen behind me. We're in Ephesians chapter 1, and it's going to be verses 3 through 10. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness, excuse me, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us in all wisdom and understanding. 
And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. So keep your Bibles open if you've got them open. We're going to come back and refer to, to that numerous times. But let's pray together and invite God into this. God, uh, we've prayed and we have worshipped this morning and we have invited you in. But now, we, God, we invite you in to do your work, whatever you want, in, in our hearts today. Um, let the scriptures stand out that need to. The words would ring in our ears. And God, if there are things that you have um, that I have not prepared for, please let me speak those things or let them... Let everybody hear those. But God, if there are things that you need me to strike, please don't let them cross my lips. Father, I am here to serve you and do your work. Please speak through me. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, No matter how you view God, um, hopefully we have, as I said, a a bit of scripture behind how we view God. Um, Scripture tells us, and especially as we look in this scripture that we've just read, that um, that God is a, a giver. He's a giver of, of great things. And, and he's, a, he's a good giver, as the, um, as the title says today. He's a good giver. And I want to talk about that, that good part just a little bit. And I want to look at other scriptures that tell us that, uh, that God is a good giver. John 3.16 uh, says, So God, God so loved the world that he gave... His only begotten son. He gave his only son. Is, is, was Jesus good? Jesus was the best, right? Jesus is absolutely good. And we could even stop at, at for God so loved the world that he gave. Because he gave and he gave and he gave. But he gave his son to us. And we know that. Um, that's something that, that we, we ascribe, prescribe to. We know, absolutely. James 1, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of heavenly lights. Who doesn't change like the shifting shadows? God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. Um, I want to look at a verse in uh, Psalms, and we're going to have it displayed back here. But King David wrote this, and and I want to talk a little bit about it. He kind of speaks in the third person in this. It's it's about him. It's also about um, about kings of the of the day. And and I want to uh, to change it just a little bit for us, or at least make it personal, because I think it's written to us and for us as well. Um, Psalm twenty one verses one through seven. The king rejoices in your strength, Lord. How great is his joy in the victories you give. You have granted him his heart's desire and not withheld his requ- the request of his lips. You came to greet him with rich blessings and placed a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked you for life and you gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever. Through the victories you gave, his glory is great. You have bestowed on him splendor and majesty. Surely you have granted him unending blessing and made him glad with your joy, with the joy of your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord. Through the unfailing love of the Most High, he will not be shaken. I think that is, those words are talking about what God gives and what, what David is so excited that God has given and granted and allowed him to have. And again, I believe that those words are absolutely for us as well. So I'd like you to look at it in a different light. And uh, you can read along with me if you'd like. Um, I'm going to read with with some definition because this is personal to me and I think it speaks 
to all of us and can speak to, to uh, excuse me, can speak to all of us as well. So um, I rejoice in your strength, Lord. How great is my joy in the victories you give. You have granted my heart's desire and have not withheld the request of my lips. You came to greet me with rich blessings and placed a crown of pure gold on my head. I asked for life and you gave it to me. Length of days forever and ever. Through the victories you give, my glory is great. You have bestowed on me the splendor and majesty. Surely you have granted me unending blessings and made me glad with your joy, with the joy of your presence. For I trust in the Lord through the unfailing love of the Most High. I will not be shaken. I put it back on me. And I know there are things in here that I have a hard time saying them, like the, uh, the idea of you have bestowed on me splendor and majesty and, and my glory is great. And well, I, I struggle with saying that because it's God's glory that we want to see. But, um, but I think he uses us in that space and he, and he shows his glory through us. So yes, it is God's glory. Um, but, but David here claims it as, as his own and I think we can do that as well, that God provides for us. So we look at all these scriptures that talk about God being the giver of all these great things. And we come back to, um, I want to come back to this part about good. We, we see that we know that God is good full well. Um, but what does that mean a little more in depth about the good things that he gives? I know um, he gives good gifts by way of lessons. And when I think of that, I, I, I think, well... He, the idea here is that maybe he gives us, he, he doesn't just give us the fish, he teaches us to fish. You know, the, the old proverb, teach a man to fish, um, feed him for a lifetime. I think, I think that plays true. God gives us lessons in life and, and he teaches us. But the beauty of it is he also gives us the fish. He's amazing. He's amazing like that. But he gives us those lessons and those are good. I know God gives us things that we need also that will glorify him. And I've seen him one-up me so often, um, give me something better than I pray for. Give me something more than I prayed for. And, and he's, he's so good about doing things like that. Um, one place that we may look, we may not as often look for uh, his, his blessing or his, his giving of good gifts in, a, in our lives is that of the spiritual world, the spiritual realm, the spiritual, the spirit of ourselves. Um, and so I want to come back and look at that just a little bit more. In this section, uh, Ephesians 3, 1, 3 through 10, it's packed with God giving us good, good things. And the first one is that it says he's given us, in, in verse 3, he's given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. In verse 4, he chose us. He didn't have to. He chose us. Another thing he gives us. In verses 5 and 6, I love this section, love, love, love. He loves us. He predestined us. He adopted us. And all because it pleased him. I want to come back to that idea in just a little bit, the, the it pleased him part, um, because I think that's really important. Uh, in verse 7, redemption. He, he, he gives us redemption, forgiveness, and grace. In verse 8, he gives us wisdom and understanding. And if you, if you read a little bit deeper into verse 8, you see that um, the wisdom and understanding that it's spoken here is God's wisdom and understanding about what he's going to do in a certain situation. But I, I see scripture all over the place that talks about how God gives us his wisdom and understanding. 
Um, and, and he lavishes it on us, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more, too. Uh, if we go back and look at that first verse, verse 3, I want to I read it together. That's, I said, let's keep our Bibles open. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in Christ, and we are in, it says, we are in the heavenly realms. When I, when I see that part, I, I, I think sometimes in my life, and maybe we all can uh, feel this way sometimes, but we tend to forget that we are spirit. Not just that we have a spirit, but that we are spirit. In fact, someday our bodies are going to be gone, and our spirit is going to be what's left. Um, so we are spirit, and, and we need to be careful that our spirit is cared for and that we care for others' spirits as well. Uh, when we neglect the spiritual life, or if our spirit is broken, the spirit in, our, in, in ourselves can wither and die. It can become something that it was never meant to be. It can become lazy. It can become timid. Or it, it can become zombie. And when I say zombie, I want you to hear me out. Yes, you heard me right. I did say zombie. Zombies, they don't feel anything. They feel nothing. And, and we can get to that space in our spirit if it's neglected or broken. They don't care. And, and I think we can get to that space if our spirit is neglected or broken. No joy or zeal in life. Um, and, and sometimes people will become that way because it's out of self preservation. It's out of a broken spirit that somebody has, has put on them. Um, and maybe you've been around that person, that type of person that kind of feels that way. Or maybe you've been there before where you've felt like you've had a broken spirit or you're just, you're just trying to make it through life. Um, I put a note to myself in this. I wanted to make sure that I didn't spend too much time talking about the spirit. I didn't want to get hung up on that the, the spiritual realm because I think this, the, the Bible talks about a lot about being in the spirit and it talks about us uh, worshiping God in spirit and being spirit but it doesn't necessarily talk about what the spirit is and so I'm, I'm speculating just a little bit and I don't want to be misleading but I also do want to say that we need, I know based on scripture that we need to care for our spirit and, uh, and there are lots of ways to do that and also we need to be caring for other people's spirits and remember that we are spirit. Um, just recently, a few days ago, I was very blessed to be a part of, um, a small part of the funeral service for Jack McMahon. Um, and during that service, so many friends and so many family were here celebrating a, a life that he lived well and honoring his life as well. Um, Jack's son-in-law came up and shared a, a quote that exemplified Jack's life, and I, and I wanted to share it with you all, and it helps, I think it helps us remember, helps me to remember that we are spirit and body. And his quote was this, pray as if everything depends on God, and then work as if everything depends on you. Pray if, as if everything depends on God, and then work as if everything depends on you. I never want to go into any situation without prayer, but conversely, I have to ask that question after I've gone to God with prayer. What is it prompting me to do? What is God leading me to do through prayer? When I pray, simply the act of praying, I recognize, I acknowledge, 
that the heavenly realm is here now. Um, we are spirit, and I am, um, I am in the spirit, or I am spirit. And, uh, and, and that is here now. The beginning of this said that we, it's the heavenly realms that Jesus has brought all these blessings from. Um, the heavenly realms, and it's explaining that we are in that realm now. I looked up the word realm because I just I, I wanted to see if it meant what I thought it meant, or the the entomology of the word. And uh, and uh, realm is to lead or kingdom. Originally, it was from the French, and that's what it meant. It was altered by Latin to become the sphere of activity. So when we talk about the heavenly realm, we're talking about God's sphere of activity. Um, and when I saw it, this is, this is what I saw, and I think it holds true, but I see real m. Mm. If you look at the word realm, R-E-A-L-M, real m, mm, it's the realm that is now. It is truly, the heavenly realm is here now. It's, with, it's where we are. This, we are in spirit we're also in the body, and I understand that. And there's some dichotomy that I don't quite understand that piece of it. Um, but we are, we are in the heavenly realm now, real. We are in God's sphere of activity right now. He's not that God that would hold out the world and set it spinning and then just let it go and just watch what happens. He is a God that is holding that world. The world may, we, we sing about the world being in his hands, but I think, I think it's, it's different from letting it sit and just watching it, letting it go. Um, so if we are in, in that realm now, if we are in the heavenly realm now, what is God leading into your spirit now? And if we're not praying, if we're not spending time with God, we're going to miss it. I want to look at verse 4. So if you'll continue reading along with me from verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. We're going to stop there and just look a little bit more. Um, God chose us. How does it feel for you? And I just want you to think, how does it feel for you when somebody chooses you first? When somebody chooses you for something you really want? And somebody chooses you, excuse me, especially when it's unmerited or undeserved. How does that feel? It feels really good, right? I mean, do you remember when, uh, some of you will remember this, and, and, and maybe you didn't do this, I don't know, but I know I did, when we, when we all stood in line and we waited for the captain of the kickball team to pick me. And you just, you just it, it didn't necessarily matter if you were picked first, but man, was that the honor. But if you got picked last, that was... Uh, I guess, they, well, we'll even out the teams. Greg can be on that team. <clears throat> but when you got picked first, oh, it, it made you feel so good. My daughter, I was sharing a little bit of this with my daughter, and she said, Dad, not everybody wants to be on the kickball team. Um, <laughs> and I said, well, then maybe it was for some academic purpose, like the chess club, and you got picked first, or, or a book reading club, and they invited you in, and, uh, and you were invited into that. And, and she was like, yeah, that, that, that works. So if it's not, if it wasn't the kickball team, maybe it was something else that you got the chance to be picked for. And when that happens, oh, that feels so good, especially, again, when it's unmerited or undeserved. Um, and, and in that, I need to tell you, God chose you. We look at this scripture, and it says it absolutely plainly. God chose us. That in and of itself 
should make us feel amazing, right? But there's more. This is, it goes on. Before we were even on the earth, God was thinking about me. He was thinking about you. He was thinking about us. This scripture tells us that God knew us before the creation of the world. God knew us and he had us in mind, which means we were there with him at the beginning of the world. Our spirit, that's, that's a cool, cool thing. That's amazing. And when we get into verse 5, it gets even better. It keeps going. He, he, bear with me. I can't contain my joy this morning. So when we get into verse 5, we'll start with a little bit of verse 4. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. In love, he predestined us. His plan for us all along was to be part of his family. And why did he do it? At the end of this, um, we get into verse 6 a little bit, but at the end of this, it says it's because it was his pleasure to do it. He liked to do it. It pleased him. It brought him joy. Choosing me from that captain, choosing me brought Jesus joy brought God joy choosing you pleased God it brought him joy and I I think that's amazing and in this whole story he predestined us to be family not henchmen or minions to carry out his 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 dirty work that's not our job I mean we can do parts of that and he does he does allow us to do part of that but at the same time we are sons and daughters of the king we are accepted into God's family because of God's amazing love for us. And all of this, I have to say, all of this, the acceptance into God's family, the, the, uh, the things that he's doing in us, all of this has been there to glorify God. His plan, we are his plan, his family, we are his family, all of those pieces are to glorify God. Us, the church, you and me, our purpose, our, one of the purposes that we have is to glorify our king, our God. And I have to ask the question, is that what I'm doing? I ask the question of me, and maybe it will pertain to you as well, but is that what I'm doing? Am I glorifying God? I need to ask the question, how is my life glorifying God? Part of how we glorify God is going to be absolutely intentional. Uh, inviting people to church. Maybe you're inviting your neighbors or your coworkers. Uh, maybe you're inviting friends. Um, hopefully, those people are friends to you. But um, we we do that intentionally. Maybe sharing the gospel and using words is is what you want to do with somebody. And and you get the chance to share with somebody new or or a friend who's been with you for a long time that you want to. Those are those are intentional ways. I'm going to do this today. And and. Um, and I think that's really important. Part of how we might glorify God is just out of who you are. Showing the fruit of the Spirit because you've been in God's presence, because you know his scripture and his word. Um, you, you have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness. Goodness. God gives us goodness and self-control. These are, these are things that are displayed in our lives when we're close to God. Um, sometimes we will make that conscious effort to do it, and other times God will be seen, just be seen in us. Um, there's a, I want to move on to a, a famous, uh, no, I take that back. The phrase is an infamous um, 
quote from an aspiring theologian. It's me. I, I made this. <clears throat> you were designed by the intelligent creator who loves you and wants you back. I'm going to say that again. You were designed by the intelligent creator who loves you and wants you back. I think this somewhat simply explains or sums up these verses that we've been reading. You were designed by the intelligent creator who loves you and wants you back. You were designed. You're not a mistake. No, you matter. You have purpose and you are loved and this is all before the creation of the world. All those things. You were not a mistake. You were designed by the intelligent creator, the almighty God who designed the universe, who designed the earth and who, who designed life designed you and your life as well. You were designed by the intelligent creator who loves you. If he cares for the birds and the flowers, he also cares for us. Absolutely, he loves us and who wants you back. This implies that there was a rift or a break in our relationship in some way. And I think seven continues on to tell us about how that rift and break was restored. Looking at verse 7 out of chapter 1 of Ephesians. In him we have redemption through his blood, in the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the, the riches of God's grace. So in, in him we have redemption. That's a big word, and I, I, I know what it means, but I wanted to go to the definition and make sure that, that what, what we all kind of look at together in the word is the same. And so uh, I looked it up, and it says, the action of gaining or regaining possession of something in exchange for payment or the clearing of a debt. And uh, we look at that, and, and there was an exchange of payment, and there was a clearing of the debt that we could not make up ourselves. We could not, um, we could not bridge that chasm between us and God, that we have walked away, and there's no way back to him. The only way to it was Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, and, and he, he gave his life in exchange as payment for our lives to God. God wanted um, to regain possession of us, and we couldn't do that on our own, so he gave his son for us. And then the second part of that scripture says that he forgives our sin uh, because he chooses to have grace on us. He chooses to have grace on us. In fact, the next scripture says not only does he choose to have grace on us, but he lavishes that grace on us. He, he I just, I, I lavishes. It's a beautiful word to tell me about um, how God gives that grace to me. He lavishes it on us. And, and the scripture, if we go on to eight, we need to look at eight here as well. He lavishes that grace on us, uh, excuse me, he, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And I'm going to stop there. He thought about it and he still did it. Now, here's the key. He thought about it on me. He thought, I'm, I, I think I want to give Greg grace. With all wisdom and understanding, he thought about it, and then he actually still did it. Have you ever done something that you regretted? <clears throat> or something that you thought afterwards, oh, man, what did I do? Maybe some buyer's remorse, or I did it with a pair of shoes. I was sick to my stomach over, <laughs> over like an $80 pair of shoes. I really have bought those shoes. Um, and sometimes we do it, did I really just say yes to that or whatever it might be? God didn't do that in this space. He thought about it with all wisdom and understanding. 
And he still decided to lavish his grace on me, even though he knew all the things that I would do that weren't perfect, that weren't for him, that were even some of those things against him. He thought about it, and he still did it. And God thought this, not just did he just do it, right? But he thought, this is good. I like this. That might be my paraphrase, but that's what I see when I see it. It pleased him to do this. It was his pleasure and his will. Uh, I think that's so beautiful. And so he liked to do that for us. Um, in, in the very end, or close to the end of this, if we look at chapter 9, or verse 9, excuse me, um, he thought it was good to reveal something else to us in this, and that is the mystery of his will. Um, he was pleased to reveal that mystery to us. What is the mystery of his will? And, and I, I've, I've done some research on this before because I think there's, there are lots of spaces where it says, and, and the mystery of God or the mystery of God's will, and, and then it doesn't necessarily go on to explain what that, that mystery is, but, but people assumed in the Old Testament and even the New Testament, people were assumed to know what that mystery was, apparently, because um, Paul doesn't explain it here necessarily. He kind of alludes to it at the beginning, but he explains it in, in verse, um, in verse chapter 3, verse 6, where he says, the, uh, the mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The Gentiles, which is everybody who's not a Jew, is a Gentile. They are fellow partakers, uh, fellow heirs, excuse me. The mystery is that all people should come to God for salvation. The mystery is that all people can be in God's family. That mystery that you and I were designed by the intelligent creator who loves you and wants you back. I want to finish by telling you what this scripture, this section it prompts in me or leads me to want to do, causes me to choose to do. Um, because he chose me, we looked at that first scripture, um, because he chose me, I want and will choose others, want to and will choose others. Because he chose me, I want to pass on the truth to others, to mentor others in what Jesus has done for me and in me. Because Jesus loves me, because God loves me, I will love others. I will love those that are not like me. I will love those who are in charge of me. I will love those who I'm in charge of. He predestined me, so I will predestine others. Oh, no, 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 that's not it. That's not true. I'm just making sure you were listening. I will search out what my job is in Christ and accept it and do it because he predestined me to be a part of this family. He adopted me. I will accept others into the family. He redeemed me. I will see others in the light of God's redemption. He forgives me. I will forgive others. He has given me grace. I am urged to give others grace as well. He has given me wisdom. I will pray as if everything depends on God and then work as if everything depends on me. He has given me understanding. I will care and counsel those in need. I will do what God calls me to do. Now, I have to admit, it causes me to think this way, but I don't do all of these things every day, every minute, every second. I want to, 
but sometimes I struggle to do the things that I say I will. And that's when I continue to pray, God, do it in me because I can't do it. You work in me. And God hears my call and he answers my call because we are in the spiritual realm right now. We are in the heavenly realm right now with him. Would you pray with me? God, thank you that you provide for us. You are a good giver. You are the giver of every good and perfect gift that we receive. And I thank you and praise you for that. And Lord, as we are in your presence today, knowing that you are doing your work and you love us and you surround us, God, I pray that we would keep that vision of who you are in our minds as we go out into this day. Thank you for working in our hearts. We sing to you, we praise you. It's in your name we pray, amen.